Praise the Lord. Tom Shanklin here. It's good to be with you today and to encourage you in the Lord. And uh, we just want you to know God loves you. He's got a good plan for your life. If you're going through difficulties, he's got the way out. He is the way out. <laughs> and we want to encourage you today. Today I want to talk to you about wisdom, a gospel benefit. Wisdom comes from the Lord. And when we become a Christian, when we allow Jesus to come into our life as Lord and Savior, then wisdom comes into our life. We have wisdom. Now, it doesn't mean it's automatically going to be activated, but it's there. It's there for you because Jesus is there. You know, Jesus comes in your heart. <laughs> Paul said in Ephesians 3, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints the length, the breadth, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ, which passeth all knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Well, if we're going to be filled with all the fullness of God, that's powerful. And you know, God has wisdom. He, he made the universe with his wisdom. He's so wise. He could solve any problem. Amen. And he lives in you if you're a believer. So I want to share this verse with you. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1 and verse 30. And then we're going to share some verses around this to talk about natural versus spiritual wisdom and how to get that wisdom operating in your life. Praise God. It's simple. <laughs> By the Holy Spirit. But first we need to receive Jesus because when we receive Jesus, we receive wisdom. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, it says, Because of him, talking about God, you are in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus. Because of God, you are in Christ Jesus. So he's talking to Christians at the church at Corinth, people that he had won to the Lord and discipled. They were not necessarily operating everything per per uh, perfectly. They needed some growth in areas. But he's telling them, listen, guys, you have wisdom. See, he says, because of him, because of God, you are in Christ Jesus. What does he mean? He means in union with Christ Jesus. Uh, it says later on here in, in uh, 1 Corinthians, he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Did you know that the Holy Spirit lives in you if you're a believer in Christ? And the Holy Spirit has all kinds of wisdom for you. He'll help you to know uh, about which relationships are right for you. He'll help you to know about how to spend your money and how not to spend your money. He will help you to know how to succeed uh, in the Christian life, how to overcome sin. He will teach you how to be successful in the job. So many things in life that he will help you with. The Holy Spirit will help you to be a success. And he lives in you. So he says, of him, of God, it's God's idea, are you in Christ Jesus, who is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. 
those four things. Well, we know about righteousness because when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have this all this load of sin, all the things you've done wrong in your life. You're guilty of sin. <laughs> you know, sin is a burden upon you. But when you receive Christ Jesus, it's all forgiven. And you receive a gift of righteousness. So God looks at you and, and instead of seeing all the sin and all the mess that's been in your life, he sees Jesus. He sees the righteousness of God. You're made righteous. You know, when, uh, when the prodigal son came home and his father saw him, he, he came from the pig pen. He came from a life of sin. But the father ran out to meet him. And he said to the servants, get him the best robe <laughs> and uh, a ring and, and uh, shoes for his feet. But that robe is symbolic of the robe of righteousness. It talks about in Isaiah that we get a robe of righteousness. We're covered with his righteousness. You know, there's an exchange that takes place uh, through Calvary. It says he was made sin. That's Jesus. He was made sin. Who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So at Calvary, there was an exchange. Our sin for his righteousness. Our sin for his righteousness. Wow. What a blessing. We have made an exchange. Praise God. We have been delivered from the power of darkness and brought into his glorious light. We have been made new by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus paid the price for our redemption. So it says he's made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification. Now sanctification means to be set apart. When we receive Jesus, we are set apart. That's why in the, in the, uh, epistles that Paul wrote, he would always say to the saints, which are at Ephesus and so on. He would talk, he would call them saints. Saints are not someone that, uh, you know, died a few years ago and, and now we venerate them because of their exceptional life and so forth. Now they're a saint. No, a saint is anyone who has received Jesus Christ because the saint, the saints is a word that's related to the word sanctified. We are set apart unto God. And we are a holy people. We're a peculiar people, a holy nation. Uh, that we should show forth the praises of him that brought us out of darkness into his glorious light. So Jesus has made unto us righteousness. He's made unto us sanctification. And then he said, he's made unto us redemption. Redemption means to buy back. We were in slavery to sin, but when we received Jesus Christ, he by, he has bought us back. He has paid the price through his blood on the cross to purchase us and buy us back unto God. Hallelujah. That's God's love. Amen. You know, somebody said that Christianity is different than any other religion. It's really, to me, it's not really a religion. It's a way of life. But it's different because in other religions, world religions, it's all about pursuing God or pursuing gods or something like that. But in, in Christ, God has pursued us. <laughs> wow. Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. He's seeking you. <laughs> He's seeking us. He wants our, 
our love. He wants our fellowship. He wants, our, he wants us to be redeemed. He wants us to have life and life more abundantly. He wants us to have a victorious Christian life, praise God. So he redeemed us, amen? He made us righteous. He sanctified us. He redeemed us. But he also gave us wisdom, praise God, wisdom from above, amen, and not from beneath. So this wisdom is so important. It's so it's such a blessing in our life, as I was sharing. You know, many times we're always, we're looking for a miracle and God does miracles. <laughs> I've seen them, I've received them. I thank God for miracles. But sometimes what we really need is wisdom, particularly like concerning finances. We need wisdom. You know, you know it's better to have a savings account than a credit card. <laughs> or if you have a credit card, you know, we have credit cards. Our, we do, and our ministry has a credit card. But every month they're paid off. And, you know, we have credit cards that um, give us money for using them. So instead of us paying interest to the credit card company, they pay us because every month we pay them off. But the trap is use that credit and, oh, I'm not going to pay it this month, so I'll let it go, I'll let it go, I'll let it go. And then you have all this huge debt. You know, you're, you're making X number of dollars. Let's say you're making $3,000 a month, okay? And you've got to pay for food and you've got to, you know, pay for sending your kids to school or whatever that costs. And you've got to pay for heat in your house and, and all this. You've got to pay a mortgage, you know. And then you've got a car payment. You've got a credit card. And if you, if you look at all the things that you pay out and you figure out how much am I paying out in interest, it's usually a big chunk of that $3,000 or $4,000 or $10,000, whatever you make. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, you know, people can make a lot of money and still be in debt way above their eyeballs. But through wisdom, it says in the scriptures, through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding it's established, and by knowledge shall be filled with all precious and pleasures and riches. Some people have a false wealth. They have a lot of things. They, it looks real good. They're living in a Mac mansion, but they don't really own it. It's not really theirs. So change it around now. Start living uh, by faith that God will provide. Amen. And st stop trusting in credit to get you the things that you want and start trusting the Lord. Amen. God will give you wisdom. Amen. Well, I'm going back to the first message, but I just think it's so important. And it's just a, it's just a great example of what we're talking about here. God gives wisdom. Amen. You know, uh, so many people lack wisdom. It gets them into trouble. People that are in prison today, many of them are there because of lack of wisdom, bad decisions. Amen. Stupid thinking. I'm not being critical. I'm just trying to help you to see the importance of wisdom in your life. And you know, for me, you know, I was a born again Christian, but I was made, I made a lot of mistakes. Amen. And now I can see a lot of things as I've grown older and I've gained wisdom by walking with the Lord, uh, how I could have done things different. But, you know, neither here nor there. You can't go back and redo things. But you can pray early in your Christian life for wisdom and be sensitive, amen, to that wisdom. And he will give you wisdom.
Now the scripture said he's, he's made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So just as much as he's your righteousness, just as much as he's your sanctification, just as much as he's your redemption through the blood, he's also your wisdom. I want you to say that. God is my wisdom. Or say it this way. Jesus is my wisdom. Jesus is made wisdom unto me. Now, this scripture in 1 Corinthians, I want to go back now to the uh, first chapter of the 18th verse. And I want you to see that wisdom, the wisdom we're talking about is not worldly wisdom. And I think we may do another visit, video on worldly versus godly wisdom because there's, there is a form of wisdom in the world. I mean, you know, there's people that are very successful in terms of worldly things because of worldly wisdom. That doesn't mean they necessarily happy or joyful or what I would call successful, but they're successful in the world's eyes because they've learned how to manipulate or work the system uh, in order to gain certain things. They've learned how to manipulate or work people in order to gain advantage for themselves. Now they, at the same time that they gain advantage for themselves, many times they're hurting other people. Like for example, someone might go into business and they might know certain things psychologically about how people operate. For example, people many, many times are motivated by fear. So as they're strategizing for their business, they think about, well, how can I motivate these people to buy my product or to use my service? Well, I know what I'll do. I will strike fear in their hearts by saying certain things and cause them to push the button or pull the lever or say yes and write a contract, you know, because of fear. Well, God doesn't want you to operate that way. God doesn't want you to manipulate people. God wants you to love people. Amen. And uh, you'll find that your life will be much more blessed if you operate according to God's wisdom instead of the world's wisdom. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For those to those who are perishing, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. But to us who are saved or who are being saved, it is the power of God. So the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that are perish, perishing, but to us which are saved, it's the power of God. That's a contrast. You see, the world doesn't get it. People don't get it until they get Jesus. Yeah, that's why, you know, you can, you know, you can read the Bible, read the Bible, and, and try to absorb the knowledge of the Bible, but until you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Jesus said that in, in uh, John 3. He says, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Paul said, if our gospel is hid, it's hid to those whose minds are blinded by the God of this world. That's Satan. In other words, they're living according to Satan's thinking, Satan's wisdom, Satan's ideas, instead of God's ideas. But when we receive Christ, we realize that the cross is the power of God. Now, how is the 
How is the cross the power of God? Because the cross is the avenue into our relationship with God. So to us which are saved, it's the power of God. We understand that through the cross, we have access to God. We're accepted by God. We're forgiven. And we come into relationship with God. And being in relationship with God means more than just I'm going to heaven when I die. It means that he's in my life today. He's helping me to know what to do, how to live, what not to do. He's helping me to be a success. Praise God. So I'm all for that. So Paul here in this in this, this these scriptures in 1 Corinthians he's talking to this church and he says in in the second chapter he says brothers when I came to you I did not come with superior superiority of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified I was with you in weakness in fear and much trembling my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. <clears throat> he says when he came to them in Corinth, and, and that's when, you know, the church there was established, he says, I didn't come with, you know, intellectual speeches, although Paul was very knowledgeable. He was a very brilliant man. He says, no, I came, came to you with the simplicity of the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. And I came to you in the power of the Holy Spirit so that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. It's this simple message. When you, when you receive it and you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that God can come into your life and do dynamic things. So then he goes on here and he explains to us now how we receive God's wisdom instead of the worldly wisdom. Remember, God's through God, God's wisdom created the earth. So, I mean, created the whole universe. So, I mean, don't, don't diminish. <laughs> Understand that God's wisdom is much greater than yours. <laughs> you know, all that you could dream up with your pea brain uh, is nothing. And I, I mean, I know some smart people. Praise God. And thank God for it. But I believe that it's God that gave them an understanding in those areas. Without God, no one would have any sense of anything. But God gives wisdom from above to us by the Holy Spirit. So in the sixth verse, now we're in Second Corinthians or First Corinthians chapter two, verse six. Yet we speak wisdom among those who are mature, talking now to mature Christians. Although not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now this is a word that's it's talking about hidden wisdom. And I think it says that here, the hidden wisdom. It would be like, you know, certain, there's certain uh, groups that um, have secret, secret, things that only belong to the members and and some of those secret things you have to be more developed you know in that particular group in order to receive that wisdom some of these groups are are not really godly at all but the point i'm making is that this is something this is something that 
only if you're initiated into the family of God can you receive this knowledge or this wisdom. It, it can only come if you're born again, is what Paul is saying. He says, I'm not talking about the wisdom of this world, the rulers of this world, the, the hot people, the, the big people, the, the rulers, the smart people, the controlling people. I'm talking about the wisdom from God that comes from him. He says, it's a mystery. It's hidden wisdom, okay? Which God ordained before the ages for our glory. God had this in his mind from the very beginning. None of the rulers of this age knew it, for had they known it, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now he's quoting the Old Testament there. He says, nobody's seen, nobody's heard, nobody knows. Nobody knows about the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But then in verse 10, he says, but, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. So here we see a contrast between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Under the Old Testament, we could say, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. We can't comprehend what God has for those who love him. We can't comprehend it. We, we're going to do our best to, you know, apprehend it, but we can't. Okay. But then he says, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. What has God revealed to us? The things that he has prepared for those that love him. In other words, we have wisdom that the Old Testament saints didn't have or couldn't have because we have a greater access to the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit lives in us. You know, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, it says, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. You know, I mean, you could say it this way, you're a know-it-all. In other words, if you're a Christian, you know all things. Well, that's a, that's a, that's an awesome statement. You might think, well, that is, that's impossible. Well, nothing's impossible with God. You know, and I like the analogy now. I mean, of course, Jesus Jesus couldn't use this one because it, at the time he was on the earth, they didn't have computers. But now we have computers, right? And I remember when we had computers that sat on our desk and we could do word processing and numbers and different things like that. But now we have a computer that can access all this knowledge in the world, you know. And so, you know, if I want to know something, I can type in, ask Google, and there it is. We have access to all this worldly knowledge, you know, everything that anybody's discovered anywhere. Of course, sometimes it's contrary, and you got to fish through what's, what's right and what's wrong, of course, because it's worldly wisdom. But as a Christian, we also have access, but what do we have access? We have access to Almighty God. We have access to heaven. We have access to the database of heaven, we have access to the wisdom of God. And that's why James, he was able to say, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. As a Christian, we can access, we can access the wisdom of God. We can tap into 
everything that God has for us. When we need wisdom about a decision, we can get it from the Lord. Amen. But you know, in James, he says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering for he that wavers is like the, the waves of the sea. We need to believe. We need to believe what, you know, what James says. We need to believe in what Paul says to us in Corinthians. We need to believe God's word. You know, you cannot disagree with God's word and have success as a Christian. You have to agree with God. Well, God says you have the wisdom of God. God says you, you're led by the spirit if you're a child of God. I was just talking to Susan about a decision I needed to make in the ministry. And uh, I told her, but I want you to know I'm led by the spirit. And she said, okay. And I said, but really, I want me to know I'm led by the spirit. See, I want to get this truth in me that I'm led by the spirit. I want to have confidence because he said, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. I need to believe in God's guidance. I need to believe in God's wisdom. You need to believe that God will give you wisdom. That you're not just a, uh, say, big dummy. No, you're not a big dummy. Praise God. You're, a, you're tapped in to the wisdom of God. You have the wisdom of God and the mind of Christ. Amen. He says, but God has revealed us, revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. You can go deep with God by the Holy Spirit. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Likewise, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So nobody really knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Well, now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit of which is of God, so that we might know so that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. These things also we proclaim not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but what the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So Paul says, he proclaimed, when they first came to them, he proclaimed the gospel. He proclaimed the message of the cross. And uh, that's all he did. He didn't get into anything else. That was because that's what they needed. They didn't need teaching on the Holy Spirit. They needed to teaching about the cross so that they could be born again, so that they could receive the Holy Spirit. But now among the mature, he says, we proclaim the things of God that come by the Holy Spirit. We're going to teach you about the Holy Spirit so you can access the deep things of God. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So the natural man, the unbeliever, cannot receive this. As we've been saying this in different ways several times through the video. If you're not born again, you just don't get it. But praise God, you can be born again right now today, and you can get it. You can get the wisdom of God. But you must humble yourself and believe the message and accept the way that God has given you to come to him. People want to say, oh, there's many paths to God. You know, I like this religion, that religion, a little bit from here, a little bit of there, a little dabble, do you? No, there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way. That's, that's the only way. God didn't say, you know, I'm going to set up some optional plans to come to me. No, he said, I'm going to send Jesus one way. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because they're foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. He's not, he doesn't have his internet connection to heaven, you see. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is not judged of anyone. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Again, in Old Testament scripture, then he says, but, <laughs> see, there's a difference between the Old Testament. It's all the word of God. It's all the word of God. The Old Testament is the word of God. But things have changed now because we're under a new covenant. He says, who's known the mind of the Lord that he can instruct him? But <laughs> we have the mind of Christ. So I want you to know if you're a believer today, you have the mind of Christ and you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. One time God spoke to me in prayer and he just, he just said, destroy not the anointing. I said, Lord, how do you destroy the anointing? I do not want to destroy the anointing in my life. I knew he was giving me a warning. And he spoke to me, he says, by the natural thinking of the natural man. You can't just think only natural thoughts. You can't just be guided by your natural thoughts. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. I'm not talking about swallowing your brain. I'm talking about don't let your brain be God. Your brain is not God. God is God and he lives in your spirit, amen, your heart, amen. He comes into your heart and he gives you wisdom. And then that wisdom can come into your brain and guide your steps, amen. God loves you very much. And if you're not in the family of God, I want you to pray this prayer because it'll change your life. The Bible said, as many as received him, that has received Jesus, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. A right. He gives you a right, amen, to become the children of God. You say, well, I already have the right. I'm a child of God. No, you're separated because of your sin. But by receiving Jesus, your sins are washed away. He brings you into his family. He receives you, accepts you, gives you that robe of righteousness. And he gives you everything that comes with being a child of God, which is awesome. Praise God. So receive Jesus as your Lord and master today. Let him come into your heart and begin to rule your life. And you'll see kingdom of God and things will change in your life so say these, say these words from your heart just say dear father I thank you for Jesus I believe he died for me I believe he rose again and today I say Jesus you are Lord of my life I repent of my sins and I believe your good news that you accept me and to your family because of what Jesus did. Thank you. I'm a child of God, and I'll never be the same. And I give you the praise and the honor and the glory for these things, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. So good to be with you. Praise God. Check out our website, shanklinministries.org. You can find lots more videos, articles. Find out more about our ministry. We love you. We bless you. And we thank you for listening are watching, and we will talk to you later. Amen. God bless you.